Welcome to the Paradise Paradox. Keep your head spinning, keep your head in the game. Stay focused on the dollars, as that's what we're gonna talk about. Welcome to the Paradise Paradox. I had a chat with my friend Luis Fernando Mises. You might know him as the Emancipated Human. We talked about money and about being grateful and about why some things are more important than money. <laughs> so you'll be hearing all about that and more. Remember, please remember, to check out my new channel, Cryptonomics. I put a lot of work into it. I've tightened up the production. It's a whole new thing, a whole new Phoenix from the Flames, Kurt Robinson 2.0 type thing, Cryptonomics. Check it out on YouTube, on iTunes, Anchor, your favorite podcast app, all of that stuff. Please check it out. <laughs> it's called Cryptonomics. I think you're really gonna like it. So check that out. Thank you so much. Let's get into it. So, Luis, good to see you. Likewise, likewise, brother man. So I wanted to ask you, a lot of people have this conception about money that it's evil or that it's even the root of all evil. What would you, your commentary be on that? Mm, I don't, I wouldn't agree necessarily, you know. Um, mm. I think people dislike money because of who issues the money. Mm. And that's the part that they don't know. You know, mm. like they feel like they're robbed. And historically, if you, you know, look at the books, it's always been like a king or a government that issues currency. So they have this um, sticky relationship connection between money and its issuers. So they hate that, you know, it's dirty. Like you shouldn't be worrying about it. Like you should be just doing what you love, right? Mm. So like, you know, you, you make things dirty when you put money in them. And like the whole message is like, you know, when, you know, you better wash your hands with dirty money or whatever. So people are, have been brainwashed, a lot of people, not everybody, to believe that money is the root of all evil. It even shows in the Bible. And then some people say, mm -hmm. they try to uh, tell me, you know, it's not money, the root of all evil, but the love of money, that's the root of all evil. Right. That's the Bible verse. Right. And I say to even that, it's like, I don't think that's, I mean, I, I think that's completely inaccurate because what's not to love about money, in my opinion, you know, like I, I think that money is the reflection of your work, of your energy, mm. of, of your skill, of your time of, you know, like you're trading, being away from your family and putting all of this, you know, energy into things. Why would you not love that? So I think that people that say, you know, money, love money through all evil, I think they don't, maybe they don't see the full picture. I can understand that maybe loving somebody else's money, you know, like if I want to get your money through dirty means, that's, pretty evil, which is what the state is doing. You know, they are taking our money away from us. Uh, I mean, what do you think about all of this? I like what you said about how it's representative of your production, of your productive capacity. And it's also like 
when you serve other people, so when you gain honest money, it is a, a representation of your service. Like you've done something good for others and that way it's it's rewarded. So I remember I wrote something about it years ago talking about people demonize profits. But I said, well, people should actually celebrate profits. People should be so ecstatic that somebody's able to make a profit. And if somebody is profitable, they should they should praise that person and say, thank you so much for everything you've done for the community, providing that they've, they're, they're profiting in an honest way. Yeah, totally. And there's something that happens that's actually kind of funny when you start like zooming into it. Hmm. Uh, people, you know, and their peers, and they have some success. It's like, oh, it's so nice, you know, it's all fine and dandy. And, you know, the, that person or people may be even more um, giving to the community and all of that. However, there's this hate directed towards the rich, even though the friend or relative may be relatively wealthy, you know, but it's the people without faith and, you know, the rich, the 1%, those are the evil guys. It's okay that you have money because you're a good person, but not those guys, right? So let's start like talking about that because, I mean, the 1%, that's, that's pretty damn like arbitrary in my opinion. Because in the United States, you become the 1% when you're making $325,000 a year. And when I say that to people, they're like, well, that's a lot of money, but it's not as much as I thought. You know, they're thinking like the Rockefeller guys. Hmm. $325,000 is a lot of money, but it's not rich level, if you will, you know? So yeah. like they just suddenly and magically, once you make $325,000 a year, you become evil. That's stupid, no? Yep. Well, yeah, it's also like if you look at it globally, if you make about $47,000 a year, then you're the 1%. And for a while, that was actually the median salary in Australia. So you make the median salary in Australia, you're, you know, you're like one of these fat cats. Yeah, like suddenly, like I grow horns, you know. And I, I've been so evil for several years already because I've passed that a long time ago. Like, you know, I'm growing fangs and shit. So, and yeah, this is actually like adenochrome, you know, like I'm drinking people's bloods and shit. <laughs> right. Sacrificing babies and drinking their blood. <laughs> That's what happens as soon as you pass over 47,000 a year. Yeah. And actually it was even like 37. It, I don't think it even made it to 40. Once like, oh. and that's like, you know, freaking average, you know, for like a young person to make that much money. So, you know, yeah, so that's the thing with money. Like, I, I think that profit is a social good because, like, I think that if you look at things, the neighborhoods that tend to be a little more into the poor area, um, they're a little dirtier and they don't take care of things as much. Um, I actually have some friends that, you know, that live in those areas and whenever they come to my house, like, they actually don't treat my house and my things and when they get into my car they slam the doors you know they're not as careful with things and that like that i've seen that repeatedly on various places like what i see is like people don't necessarily take care of things as much because it's just things maybe sometimes they didn't work so hard for them because like they got it for free from i don't know one of these charity places mm. um but I, you know when i 
bust my ass to get nice things, I want to take care of them. So where I'm going with it is once people start like getting into a little bit of a higher strata of money, they start like going in towards the nicer things. It was like, like about 10 years ago when I started shopping at Whole Foods, I was the only non-white person in Arlington, Texas that shopped at Whole Foods. Okay. That was pretty freaking weird. And I've noticed, and as time has been <laughs> progressing, yeah. like I see all sorts of colors and flavors and sizes because, you know, as people are having more money, they see the value of good food, hmm. you know? So, I mean, that in itself is so interesting. So actually that's what I'm saying. Like when, when people are having more money, they, they, they gravitate towards more education, better choices. They see these things. So money is not inherently evil or it's the love of it. Have you, hmm. I mean, what do you think? Yeah. Well, what, if one thing it makes me think of is like, I think people online, like in these political groups on Facebook, and they're complaining about how terrible it is to to have uh, really little money. Like, like they say, if you have little money, then you just can't have a, a fulfilling life. And I'm like, really? Like, there there are so many things you can do for free. And I I think if you have little money and you can be grateful for the opportunities that you do have when you have little money, then you're much more likely to grow and prosper and take advantage of things and be grateful when you do have more money. But if you have little and you can't be grateful for it and you can't figure out how to do cool stuff with little money, then you're in trouble. Absolutely, absolutely. Like one thing that uh, my parents always told me was life is like a Ferris wheel. Sometimes mm -hmm. you're on top and sometimes you're at the bottom, but it never lasts. It keeps going. So even though you may have some success, it's not going to last. You know? So don't take your stuff like too serious when you're down here or too granted when you're up here. Mm -hmm. So and, and just kind of flow with it. And I think that, you know, like the, the lack of uh, flexibility on those, uh, I guess, revolutions, you know, it, it creates a lot of stress and people like, you know, things come and go. And, and like, especially like, you know, us entrepreneurs that are just doing our own thing a lot of times, like some months are like rainfall and some other months are like Sahara desert, you know, so you have to kind of learn how to <laughs> go with things. It's, it's kind of interesting and fun. I think... It's happened to, well, it's, it's certainly happened to me. I know it's happened to you and a lot of people in crypto where they've lost a lot of money. And it's tough when that happens. But when it, when it happened to me, I had, I had to reflect. I had to look back and I was, I was thinking, well, I could have done all this stuff. I could have taken a trip. I could have bought new, new camera equipment or new computer or whatever, but I didn't. And I thought, well, I was really, I was taking that for granted. I, w I wasn't really grateful for what that money was offering me. If I, if I had been more grateful, then I would have used it for something productive. Uh, yeah, I can see some of that, but I can also see some other perspective on that. Like, yeah. you know, I, I definitely take advantage of that. And um, I, I, you know, when we have money, and again, like the circle that I was telling you about, when we have some, like, you know, we travel, we go places and whatever. Um, and when we don't, I tell my kids, you know, we're not making as much right now, so we're going to hang tight and we're going to mm -hmm. stay home and 
play video games, go across the street, go to the park, go biking. You know, like like you said, you have to be creative. There's a lot of things that we can do with that money. You know, when we have money, like every month we buy a video game for each kid and, and we rotate. And you know, So there's a lot of things because we're grateful. But it's not just for us as well. This is something that I, like my parents taught me growing up, you know, like our little neighbors, if somebody's around and we're going to go to the lake or places, you know, we, we take people with us, we take family. Uh, I, I like to be able to give experiences to people that are near me because, you know, I love them and that's what I like to do. Now, I also like to like, you know, keep money aside by, you know, you know, the whole being at the bottom of the first wheel, it gets kind of tough. So I don't want to just, you know, be grateful all the time and spend it all. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, there's two sides to everything. In, in my case, I was probably being too stingy. I should, <laughs> I should have spent a bit more and improved my life because of it. Uh, but, you know, every situation is different. Oh, yeah, absolutely. You know, and, and I... I try to be stingy. I'm naturally a spendy person. <laughs> so I'm, I'm like, you know, especially now that crypto is a little bit down, mm. um, you know, I, I, I try not to do a lot of those things. It's just kind of challenging. And then, you know, goes and does a three-day juice fast for 200 bucks. <laughs> um, but yeah, it's uh, losing money. is actually kind of an interesting um, experience. And, mm. you know, I've always liked to say that you can really get to know people when you give them power, when you give them money, and when, when they're in, under stress. Those are the three things. Like that yes. really brings your true person out, especially also, you know, being drunk. You know, those are the things. So <laughs> how do you behave when you have a lot of money? Like I think that those are kind of like, you know, in, in chemistry, the triangle is the heat element that brings the, the, to the essence of that uh, whatever you're heating up. So I like to say that, you know, money Hang on, sorry, what's, that, the, what's the triangle? Yeah. You know, in chemistry, the representation for heat is a triangle. Ah, okay. So like when you're putting like your, you know, your documentation of how you're moving the chemicals and all of that, and it's the triangle means that you applied heat because it goes like it, 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 it brings the essence out. It, it uh, excites the molecules. So it's more effervescent, right? So I like to say that that same heat triangle is like money. So people become more shitty with money. That means that they were already shitty to begin with. Now they're shittier because they have more power and influence. Mm. On the other side, if people are nice and they get a lot of money, you start seeing them doing nice things. So again, money is just an enhancement tool for your personality, just mm. like power, you know? So I, I, I want to say that I like to, you know, prepare my kids in that same situation. Like you have to be the same person when we have money, when we don't have money, when you're with people, when you're alone, you know, like under stress or under normal circumstances, you have to focus on, you know, certain things, you know, like respecting people, being nice, doing what you say you're going to do and, and whatever other values that we think they're important, right? So, like, other things that come into our awareness, they're just, like, either helping you be better, you know, or, you know, you have to move them away. Um, so, I mean, it's a, it's a very complex situation. So, like, the losing money, um, you probably know, like, 
last July, not this one, but last year, my best friend died. And uh, it's kind of a funny story too. Not that he died, but how, so my, my wife is, uh, I love her so much, but sometimes she finds purpose for money. Whenever I make a little extra, she's like, oh, we need this. <laughs> so we end up buying something else, right? So I started saving money. I was sending my friend like $500 a week. And, you know, in an effort to kind of keep my like secret stash, if we needed like, you know, a new car or house or whatever, because I knew crypto was going to go up. And suddenly, you know, my, my best friend goes to Costa Rica to do some um, water sports and, and he passed. And he had like, I mean, I don't have anything. Like he, I, he was putting everything under his account. So here I am. And, and that was probably like close to like $400,000 that, wow. you know. And I'll tell you this and I'll shit you not. And you probably have seen my post and we've talked about it. And the money comes and goes. It's if I was able to generate half a million dollars before I can do it again and more. That, that's not a problem at all. You know, like actually losing somebody that you love that you text with every fucking morning, you know, like that, that is the real loss in my opinion. Like, I mean, I still, you know, connect with his mom and dad text and you know, how you doing? I went to visit them. Um, that, that's the real part. So again, going up and down, money comes and goes, it's not a, you know, whatever. Yeah. Well, it's, it's definitely right. Like if someone's in that situation where they do lose money and I'm sure it probably happened to most people listening to this, if they, if they have crypto, at least they can take solace in the fact that they still have their loved ones and uh, there's a lot of comfort in that. Yeah, absolutely. Like, you know, there's so many people that I've known or not known, but I've read about, like, you know, they're in Wall Street and all that stuff, that they lose a bunch of money and they're, like, committing suicide because they cannot see their life without all this money. And, you know, I'm really grateful for, for my wife because, like, she told me, she said, if we have to go to an apartment and start over again, we'll do it. We started at the bottom. We can do it again. Don't worry about it. Like that level of support. So when you have that, you know, like I, I'm getting teary. Like when you have the level of support from your partner hmm. and you know that you have skills, then, you know, you're basically like unbreakable at that point, you know? Hmm. And, and I think that that makes a real big difference. And, you know, she's, she's also um, a real social butterfly, wanting to go places, connecting with people, helping out. And so, like, again, I, I see money as an agent of good because that's what's inside me. I mean, you know, we're all black and white, you know, good and evil. But I like to consciously focus on what I can do to help myself and others. Yes. With uh, cryptocurrency sort of coming out of nowhere, how do you think that aligns with the change in human consciousness? Like, do, do you think there's, there's something shifting within humanity and crypto is representative of that? More recognition happening to the ideology that we're living in a simulation. And mm -hmm. since I was little, because, you know, I grew up in the 80s and 90s. So I was like into video games when they first came out kind of thing. Like I see life as a video game, you know, it's uh, progressively 
more difficult, but then you gain like XP and you get weapons and, and you know, like you get better. So it's not life gets easier. But at any rate, I, I think that it's the next conscious step. As you can see everything, like I was telling my son yesterday, my iPhone, like NASA used to have like two or three rooms to be able to fulfill what my phone does or have way even. And it was probably millions and millions of dollars of dollars. And now for like less than a thousand bucks, I have more power than NASA in the sixties and seventies in my pocket. Mm. So, you know, like with that in mind, and I mean, everything has changed. Cars have changed. Like computers have changed. But money hasn't changed. Money and batteries. I hate batteries. They're like so clunky and big. You know, so now finally, like you're able to, you know, something I really love is like Apple Pay. You just kind of swipe your phone, like that old idea of having to pull your wallet out. Swipe, you know, so it's just like bloop, you're already on your phone anyway. You just kind of swipe it next to the little machine and bam. So I, I think crypto is something extremely important to talk about because it's a disruptive energy that takes the power away from those that are trying to keep us here. Um, I have a really good friend, Rafael Laverde. He actually kind of scolded me the other day. He said, Luis, you need to stop saying that you don't know a whole lot about crypto because you don't know the technical stuff. And I'm like, okay. And then he said, you need to focus on what you focus on the importance of crypto. So, that I was like, you know, aha moment kind of thing, because like the real importance of crypto is not just how complex it can be and all these wonderful things that, you know, that's, that's there. Like, I don't need to understand how my phone works to be able to use it. Yeah. You know? So what he was able to tell me was like, just focus on that. So now there's a lot of people that are writing code for coins that are more into the power mentality, the greedy mentality. How can I make a book? versus the actual essence of the white paper of Satoshi that is there to emancipate humanity, to remove the power from those, the power, powers that were into humanity in general. So it's a form of Prometheus kind of situation. So I'm, I'm really excited about crypto on, on, you know, both the technical because you know, it's, it's kind of fun to learn new things, but the, the actual philosophical and even metaphysical, you know, like aspects of them. What do you think about all of that? About the metaphysical aspects of cryptocurrency? Yeah, I mean, like just, just everything that I just said. I do remember I had this weird experience. It was kind of like a peyote flashback or something where I woke up one morning. I was in this small town in Mexico and I went to a... Uh, fonda like a little you know you know what a fonda is yeah a little uh, family kitchen if you will and I sat down and with my notebook like I always do and started writing and all these weird ideas started to come out talking about the nature of money and it was uh, the the conclusion was kind of like the less real or less physical a form of money is the more perfect it is as money. So the more represent, the, the closer in alignment it is with the idea of value. The conclusion was something like ideas are, these, are this currency that you can use between universes 
but <laughs> but Bitcoin uh, cryptocurrency was somewhere along the line there, like better than notes, better than gold. <laughs> it was a uh, it was an interesting uh, conversation that I had with myself or with the <laughs> whatever was speaking to me that day. That's actually super exciting, and it makes a lot of sense. Mm. Like I have a friend that is. You know, I have a VPN on my phone and my computers because Facebook kind of blacklisted me. So he was explaining to me like the need that there's not going to be a need for VPNs anymore with technology that he's working on. He's working on quantum messaging. Like, okay, there is no way to tr track that shit because it just goes from one to the other kind of like um, entanglement theory of sorts. I mean, like, if that doesn't bake your noodle, then nothing will. <laughs> it does bake my noodle. <laughs> now, what you're saying, you know, it's actually pretty exciting because there can be like an energy exchange of swords that can go through dimensions through that kind of thing. So I love it. And I actually think that money is extremely spiritual. And, and even like, mm -hmm. here's the thing, like a lot of the lefties, you know, they, they, they tend to be maybe... Um, the ones that have more problems with the money and all that. And, and they gravitate away from Judeo-Christian mentality, which, you know, we kind of do too a little bit. Uh, and they move towards, you know, uh, Eastern religions of sorts. And one thing that I'm really into, and I have been for a while, is Tantra. And in the Tantric tradition, two things are extremely important, which is like, the knowledge of the mind and the heart and uh, like basically enlightenment and a good physical experience in this world. And they talk about money. Like they, they say, you have to be busting on happiness and love and money and all of these things, because that, that's the sign that you're like um, connected, you know, like going from dial up to DSL the fiber optic spiritually, if you will. So, I mean, that is in, in those kinds of uh, scriptures that are uh, at least a thousand years old with like the recognition sutras. So I, I, I think it's, it's extremely powerful to, to think about, to talk about money in, in those uh, kinds of subjects. And, and what I'm kind of thinking about is like how it just seems to me like there is a cointel pro situation against money. So only the one, I mean, it only makes sense. Like the really, 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 really rich people are mm. in favor of it. And you will say rich people in favor of socialism makes no sense. But in reality, <laughs> when you see it in practice, like Denmark, for instance, there are no rags to riches stories ever. Mm. It's, it's impossible. Whereas right. like here in the States, it's easy. You know, over there, it's all the same. So, like, the really top layer of society will always stay there. And then the rest of the people are always here. There is, like, there is not a permeable membrane between those two strata. So that's one of the reasons why they demonize, you know, having money and all of this stuff. And suddenly, you know, you see them. I mean, like, you, you saw Maduro with Salt Bay in Turkey, right? Yes, yes. That's like super crazy. That's what, I mean, his people are starving to death. And I understand we all need vacations, but 
I mean, going to Turkey is not cheap to begin with. And then how much would it cost to go to Salt Bay? Like, I mean, a steakhouse here in the States, that's at least a hundred bucks per person. Mm. I cannot even imagine how much it will be to go with Salt Bay. Yeah, to get him to come to your table and prepare it for you. And that guy is, uh, I think he's an international chef because I did see a Eddie Huang uh, special where he was, he, he met Salt Bay in Dubai. So... Salt Bay travels around the world cooking steak for people, apparently. Yeah. Mm. yeah he got a shirt and he was smoking a cigar. Yeah. So anyway, I, I see like that idea of, you know, there's, there's some brainwashing that's happening on purpose. I think that socialism is not real. I think it's just a sales pitch for tyranny, very honestly. Yeah, they're trying to tell you that, that money is bad. It's, it's kind of like this this old story because you read certain classics like i think there was one i noticed in epicurus epicurus where he's talking about all this stuff and it's it seems like really common sense and and you're like yeah yeah epicurus man you know what you're talking about and then he starts to talk about this stuff like know thyself but it's not know thyself as in know your strengths know your weaknesses know know what you can take and it's like, know your place. You will be a soldier for life. You will be a farmer for life. And that is your lot. So accept your fate. <laughs> and I was like, no, Epicurious, man, you go, you're going on the wrong track there. And that's, uh, that's this motif that's repeated in certain uh, Indian, ancient Indian texts as well, where they, they tell these horrible stories about a guy who who's a farmer and tries to be a soldier and gets killed this terrible death. So you have to be, you can never switch off when it comes to uh, lessons. You always have to be critical of every part. Yeah. Yeah, totally. Totally. The wheat from the shop. I've always heard, you know, mm. um, and I, that's always been used to manipulate, you know, like God's telling me, and it's in this book that you have to listen to me because I'm the authority, you know, Mm. And, and like there's this other idea, like, you know, the, the, the head of the family will always be, you know, the, the one that has the answers, knowledge, wisdom. But if that's the case, then every generation is going to get dumber because if my dad is the authority and he will always be smarter than I'm going to be here. And if I'm the authority of my family, then, you know, you can see that downward trend going back to freaking troglodytes and that's stupid. What was like what my parents taught me always was like my dad was like you have to outdo me you have to be better than me you have yes. to be much more more of a badass than I am and I was frightened because I was like hey this dude is like a badass how am I supposed to do that you know so I mean I was but then uh, you know that was like just at the beginning but then I was like oh I think I can do it and I mean All it's right. not easy and like it's kind of scary still scary like I mean it, because when you're in, in a situation where you can, like, a lot of people depend on you and you're able to, like, put your hand in a lot of things and help and move a lot of things. And you step out, like, zoom out and see from, like, the perspective of, like, the higher self, you're like, whoa, that's pretty damn interesting. You know, like, how, you know, because, like, our little consciousness is just here on most days. So it is, it is pretty interesting how, like, you know, the liberation of the, self and others but so i think money like freedom comes through financial freedom you know mm. i mean what do you think about something that like you know a lot of people like i posted i mean 
that's it. You know, um, I'm poor because of rich people. And then another guy said, my car is slow because of Lamborghinis. Yeah, I saw that comic. Yeah, yeah. And like so many comments, like hundred and something out of like people like telling me that, yeah, the rich people keep us poor. I mean, what are your thoughts on that stuff? Did you see? Right. Well, I guess it's, it ties back to what we were talking about, like how, how rich people try to manipulate us into, into thinking that we'll always be poor or that money is evil. So in a sense, it's true, but it's not, it's not true in the way that they think it is. So it's, the, it's like they set up a mental barrier, but they don't actually stop us from, uh, from building our own wealth, uh, at least in most societies today. Yeah, no, I, I think it's silly. I mean, just to think, I am poor because other people are rich. I think that yeah. poverty is the natural state of humans. Hmm. You know, like if you go back in time, cavemen, you know, nothing. And then we start building value. We create connections, relationships. We get together, we build things, we grow. And not because somebody else has more than me means that I because of them important oh like i mean that's that's just silly to think yeah it's this fixed pie mentality like people think there's a, a limited amount of resources but the really the real question is what can you turn into a resource and here's something i i something related that i think about as well like people have this mentality like you you work for something and you get out the exact same amount but really the, the better way of doing things is when you can find something where you work a little bit and it's going to pay off a lot. And in a lot of cases in, in the world, the way, it, the way it works is there's all these people who already have these, these skills and knowledge. And if you get the right people together, then there's this synergy and that's going to make this, this explosion and you can create a lot of wealth out of that. So it's not like it's, it's not like you have to like build these things like one, two, three, four in a linear sequence. You just put put a couple of things together and poof. Absolutely. I love how you said it. And and yeah, I mean even like the whole idea that if somebody's giving you a job, you know, like mm. so there's no owners, no property, like I mean, I like the idea of cooperatives. I think they're good. <clears throat> they're a lot of work and they're nice and lovely. But I don't think that that's the only way to go. You know, there's other ways like you know, the book Conscious Capitalism by John Mackey, like, dude, was the complete socialist Marxist. Mm. And he says in his book, and whenever he started, like, um, it was him and his girlfriend. And whenever they started, like, getting nice business, like, his other Marxist friends saw him as evil because he was the boss now. And, like, suddenly just by becoming the owner of his own enterprise, he was the bad guy. And he's like... I'm actually paying you a salary and I'm not paying myself anything so we can keep this thing afloat. Yeah. But like nobody sees that. It's just like you have something and I don't. I mean, that's like, you know, little kids when they're like two and three years old. That's silly. Yeah. Well, it's just, it's the same bias. You know, I find I catch myself sometimes with this. It's like you see somebody and they have something nice or they're, you know, they're a great person. 
but you don't see the sacrifices that they made, all the the effort. Like you see a guy who's great with women or has a lot of money or whatever it is, and you don't realize that he's actually put in work all of his life to get to that point. I think so too. I mean, like, I think that's what it takes. You know, mm. I worked 80, 90 hour weeks for so many years just to be able to get to a place where I could like, ah, I don't have to like, you know, do things I wanted, my family the way I want it. And then, you know, you scale back. But a lot of people are, won't do that. You know, they want all the nice things. They want all these things. And, but they're not willing to put in the 80 to 100 uh, hour work weeks because it's just too much. I don't have it in me. I'm like, fuck it. You know, I've even dealt with the brown recluse bite and I didn't have any energy. But I had to do things, you know. So just uh, like you said, exactly. Like suddenly, you know, you're lucky because you have all of these things or, you know, visibility women, money, whatever people value, you know? No, not at all. Like, I mean, sometimes I work from like nine to nine still, you know? I mean, given I feed my kids, I take like a, an hour lunch break and, you know, we, we do a little exercise in the backyard, but, but still like, I mean, sometimes it's like I wake up like at 6.30 or 7 and I'm already making kratom orders, making, as I'm drinking my coffee and I'm, you know, still going at 9 p.m. So I, I think that I'm an immigrant in the United States. And I, my wife and I started not even with a mattress. Like we literally were sleeping on blankets, you know? So if somebody that's not from here goes from that to this, you know, I, I just think that like, honestly, in the United States, poverty is a choice. Mm. Yeah, well, <laughs> well, it's certainly direct. Well, here's here's another thing that, that I, I think about and talk about about karma, about the karma of of money. So it's it That's starts so interesting. Yeah, it's it starts a lot with the the mentality. So when people say stuff like "I hate money," you can imagine how that's going to translate into their bank account over over many months. If they hate money, they're not going to have money. Because <laughs> if you hate something, you try to get away from it. Uh, so, <laughs> whereas uh, on the other side, if if you have someone not even necessarily that loves money, but he might just say, "Money is fascinating," and he's going to study it and and get interested in it, and he's going to find out a way to make it work for him. Totally, totally. And, and, you know, there's a lot of people that are really good people and they do a lot of good work and they're like, you know, I, I just don't want to focus on money because it's not my thing. I'm like, I mean, is eating your thing? Is taking care of your kids your thing? You know, because, you know, like there's a lot of, I, I you know, again, back to the analogy of the video game, it's one of those video games that it's like, it doesn't really have a goal. You know, it's like what it's called MMO or something like that, just open. Mm -hmm. And that means like that being said, like you don't have to like do one thing for success. Like what, what does success mean? So like, like you can do whatever you want. You don't have to focus on one thing or like be a farmer. Like you can literally do anything you want. And, and you, if you want to live in the woods and that makes you happy, 
do that, you know, like, but there's like the whole idea of, you know, karma and bitching and all of that stuff, like do something that you like, like there's a reticular formation in the back of our brain. And that's like where the images are captured and then they're taken into our psyche. Like, because there's so much information out there, our brain has to delete the sort and generalize. So we only focus on like this little bit of thing. So your reticular formation will show you things. So when you, when you start saying, oh, you know, you discover something new, let's say you discover beet juice. Then you start seeing beets everywhere. Like, oh, the universe is sending me messages. No, no, you're just focusing on them because you put them in your psyche and your reticular formation is showing you more of it. So it's deleting other things. It's like the RAM memory in your computer. You can only handle so many things. Mm -hmm. So if you're focusing on how fucked up life is or like how evil people are, or you're going to keep seeing more of that. So, yeah. and, and again, it's, it's a game that has no purpose and, and no way to really win it. <laughs> There's no way out either. So if you focus on all of this plethora of information, focus on the things that you want, that you want to accomplish, that you want to get, you know, and like loving relationships, I think is the most important thing personally. That's my, my goal, you know, like being people that you like, that you love. Um, maybe a little level of comfort or whatever. Like, so you're, you're filtering that through your particular information to get those things instead of just like, like the sourness of, uh, you know, even like some of the anarchists are like, oh, the government's evil. Yeah, sure it is. What are you going to do about it? Yeah. Have a good time. But <laughs> enjoy the freedom that we do have, right? <laughs> I want to be like Kurt and travel the world. <laughs> well, I hope to hope to be an inspiration to a, to a few people. <laughs> I'm sure you are. You are to me. Oh, so thank you. To see all your it's voyages. Igualmente. <laughs> In adventures. Uh, <laughs> thanks thanks the first time we took ayahuasca uh it was uh me and my buddy aaron and he went in with this intention and i think he had this idea this fanciful idea that ayahuasca was going to be some kind of magic pill for him and i was like hmm i think he got the wrong idea there buddy uh so he he thought about his purpose and he said well i'm just i'm going to ask what is my life's purpose and I'm like, okay, well, let's let's see what happens. And during the the journey, he got to a point where he's in this this strange room, and there's a bunch of elves or strange little gnomes around him, little spirits. And he says, "So, what's the deal? Like, what am I supposed to do here with this life?" And they all just started laughing at him. <laughs> <laughs> and they said, there's no, there's no grand purpose. There's no grand plan. Just do what you want. <laughs> Just have a good time. Figure it out. <laughs> that, that's uh, like this simple message about the meaning of life. That's it. You know, like, I mean, there is no meaning. I think I mentioned this before in one of our interviews. Uh, Swami Muktananda, his phrase that life it's a meaningless energy going nowhere for no reason. Mm. And depending on what filter you have, you're going to say, oh, that's so depressing. Oh, my God. Or you can yeah. say, that's so cool. Mm. Like, I can make whatever I want, mm. you know? And, yeah. and like, if you add the little uh, awareness point that you are another me and I am another you, that means I'm, I'm not going to want to hurt you because I'm hurting myself. So I can do whatever the hell I want. It's like playing Minecraft. You know, you can build whatever you want for as long as you want 
as long as you don't hurt anybody, you'll be fine. Yeah. Yeah. I like to compare life to, to Westworld as well, because it's like you, you're born and you're, you're, you're in this environment that's, that's very familiar. And some people would, would stay there close to the center. If, I don't know if you've watched Westworld. I haven't. Oh, okay. It's a great TV series. So the, the thing is, in the show, uh, you come into the, this world and it's all this, this simulated world with, with robots to play the characters. And in this, the center of the town, there are like these regular storylines that will play out. And they're kind of simple, very safe things that you can do. But the farther you get from the, the original town, the more crazy things get and the more, the more excitement and also the more danger. And so some people like to just, they're born and they stay in the hometown and they, they stay where they are. But other people push the limits and push the limits of, of ideas and of experiences and, you know, even physical travel in the world and find different things to do. I love that. that yeah, that does sound like it. I mean, a lot, you know, people that have never traveled outside their town, you know, and they just want to be there because it's safety and that's fine. And then there's the crazy Kurt and Louise that cannot stay still. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that choose to uh, manifest some weird ass experiences like getting deported from Mexico. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, that was, a, that was another thing. It's similar to what I was saying about having uh when i when i lost a, a lot of uh, bitcoin it was like something gets taken from you and then you're like hang on well, i was taking that for granted why didn't i you know why didn't i travel more around mexico why didn't i well try to get my papers i guess <laughs> but sometimes when something's taken from you 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 really know the value of it all knowledge has a cost and you paid a high price for that knowledge. I did. Yeah. Nothing's free. <laughs> yeah, that's right. But uh, set to return, I'll probably go back in nine months when the when the ban expires. Excellent. Yeah, that will be exciting. Uh, we can we can go back there and go to Tolantongo. Ah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, the same place I was at right before I got kicked out. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but it's beautiful there. The only problem is uh, there's no Wi-Fi. Yeah, there's like only like two like tiny places where you can get it. Right. Um, but other than yeah. that is, I mean, you're like in in a hole in a bowl in the Rocky Mountains with right. nothing. Uh, I think we're we're about done there. Is there anything else you wanted to say? Any special? I'm just super excited and, and thankful yeah. to be here with you again. I I always enjoy spending time with you. I'm just kind of chatting and passing this on for everybody that wants to watch. Yeah. Yeah. It's great. Great talking to you, man. Uh, yeah. I appreciate you, brother. Likewise. Likewise. And, you know, and if anybody wants to find me, Luis Fernando misses on Facebook or emancipatedhuman.com. Uh, yeah. And I actually have uh, the best Kratom available in the United States. Yeah. Do you want to uh, talk just uh, for a couple of minutes about Kratom? <laughs> about what it can do for people. Uh, sure, sure. We can we can quickly touch on that. And well, maybe not. Maybe I shouldn't because I could probably go to jail. Seeing how um, even Cody is getting shafted right now. Okay, uh, that's true. 
All right. Well, if if you're interested in alternative health, it might might be interesting to look up uh, kratom and see what it can do. So we'll leave it at that. Yeah. Some <laughs> people, some people say, I don't, I cannot claim. Yeah. Yeah. Some people say it helps with energy. Some people say that it helps with pain management. Euphoria. I don't know. I mean, those is hearsay, right? I, I, can't, I can't confirm. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> okay, there we go. All right, thanks very much, Luis. Thank you, sir. Have a fantastic evening for you.